0: Hello and welcome to the Pep Talk with a nice little midweek action we have. Going to talk all today about the Sheffield United FA Cup match. I'm just kidding. Everybody knows what we're talking about today. It's Arsenal.
1: Uh, Jason, how are you feeling? I am buzzing. What a win. What a performance. You know, woke up nice and early for the game and, oh, dude, this... This city team is something else this year, man. It is something else. Oh, what a game. How are you feeling?
0: Oh, I feel great. So we're recording just about, what, two hours after the game ended? And, yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's a couple I mean, hours now hour after the game.
0: You, you just got to keep soaking it in. Like, that was utter domination. And I would like to say that's one of the best city games I've seen like in the pep era, but I feel like I've said that like three or four times in the last month or two. So it's up there. It's definitely up there, but it's just performance after performance after performance. It just gets, it's so much fun. This this team is just so much fun.
1: Yeah, I I don't think I've seen a city team so dominant on both sides of the ball since the 2018-19 season where we won 14 in a row to hold off Liverpool by one point. That's the type of team we are right now, again, but I feel like we're even better. There is something about this team. It is, and I I was talking to an Arsenal mate of mine um, about the game after the game finished. We have so many ways to hit teams now. We're not, we're not a one-dimensional team at all anymore. You know, Before, like, we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to hold possession, move it around, play with a false nine. Even when we had Aguero, it was, it was, we had a similar play style, how we wanted to work things. But we are too unpredictable now. We go vertical, we go possession, we go over the top. It's such a dynamic team, and I feel like peps got us clicking in that dynamism. And... Oh it's just it's just a work of art at the moment what we're seeing like this this city team is probably yeah for me it's probably one of the best teams i've ever seen like there's no there's no other way to put it we we just we just bullied the title challenging team
0: i you know think I mean? we are i think we're entering a new era of of how we play so kind of the first era was the you know everybody knows the Sane Sterling you know blast down the wings cut back inside everybody knows the second iteration was more controlling it was the false nine it was the inverted wingers um, the the play was much slower uh, this kind of third iteration is I think going to be more. Dominant and more aesthetically pleasing than both because, like, the reason everybody talks about, like, oh, let's go back to the Sterling Sane era is because it was more fun to watch, obviously, than like playing slow build up and choking the games off and winning one or two nil and just being happy with a false nine. It's more fun to watch, like, the Sterling and Sane just blasting down the wings, right? But we didn't have as much control in those games as previously. So now it's sort of a mix. And honestly, I'm going to like I really think that Pep is learning a lot from Roberto Zerbi at Brighton because the more like this team, their style looks more and more like how Brighton play as as crazy as that sounds like <laughs> the like so what I mean by that is like, our buildup can be very slow, and we really now try to attract opponents out more than we used to. Like, it used to be just, like, play it in their half, and that's it. Now, we, like, how many times today did you just see, like, Ederson just stand with the ball for 30 seconds? Or Ruben Diaz just stand with the ball? They weren't going to move until an Arsenal player got near them. And then what do they do is you, you keep passing it around, And then there's almost like one incisive pass and you're off to the races. And that is what Brighton has been doing really well since the Zerbies come in. And we obviously we've seen it with City plenty, but like it's more pronounced this year. And like, I don't really know the the word I've heard used to describe it is called artificial transitions, where essentially like it looks like a transition. It looks like a counterattack but in reality it's not it's from build up and then once you make that one incisive pass and Holland's running in behind and De Bruyne's got the ball and and you got that's Grealish flying down the wing yeah that's and that's what we we, it looked
1: we, like we ended up in so many 2v2s or 3v3s um after one or two passes and it's crazy to see like you just one minute you're like you said you have Edison or Diaz standing on the ball and then the next second where we're on a 2v2 or a 3v3 and you know we'll we'll talk more about the goals in in a bit and the chances. But this game could have been six nil. Do you know what I mean? Like it could have been six 0 Oh yeah. With, we like, basically it, shut up shop after three 0 Yeah, we did, we did. But like if Haaland was on it in the first half, like he usually is and at the rate that he usually scores, that game that game is over at half time. It's four nil, five nil at half time. It it would have been similar to the to the um the game we played against United at the Etihad. Game over. Four 0 three 0 at half Easily, easily.
0: Hey, Ramsdale made some really good saves too. Like he made a couple of yeah, pretty good saves. Yeah, hundred oh, w- deep- percent. The first goal though, he he kind of, he should have saved that first one. His
1: positioning uh, was terrible. On it, but he he his thought, positioning he, sucked. He he thought De Bruyne was going to go the other other way, so he like shifted right at the end. But De Bruyne's you know you can't. That's a brilliant finish by De Bruyne. He curled it. Around and it looked like it was going out, but then it curled right into the far corner right at the end. Like, that's a fantastic finish by De Bruyne. So, you know, although Rams have got caught a little bit, um, you know, got caught a bit left footed, as they say, but yeah, like that can happen. That can happen, but that's a fantastic I know, finish from De Bruyne.
0: I know our fan base would be shitting on Ederson if he allowed a goal like that. Like, <laughs> it was a great goal, but. Ramsdale should have done better. Like, he, he could have saved that. It would have been a good save. Like, it, it wasn't an easy save. I, I'm not saying that, but yeah. he should have done better. Okay, let's take start it. at the beginning. I'll now. take it. Let's start at the I'll beginning. I know we're getting so excited. Um, so so many let's start, to like, talk about this game. <laughs> let's look at the lineup first. I mean, really, the only real surprise this is, I mean, not even real. Well, one of them was a surprise. Bernardo on the right wing over Mares. I think that. We kinda would have predicted that. Like, that's not a really much of a surprise. The no, only other I, thing I was surprised. only other thing was Akanji at left back, and Kyle that's Walker. I was surprised. And, yeah, I mean, so, so. sorry, you go. Are you surprised that Akanji played there, or are you surprised that Walker got in, or are you surprised that Laporte was on the bench? I mean, it's, I guess, kind of a three part
1: <laughs> question. Yeah, so for me, the biggest surprise is Akanji playing left-back. So I expected Laporte to be... So I expected Laporte, Diaz, Stones, back three. It seems like Pep's more confident with Walker, and then he moved Akanji to the left. I wasn't surprised with Bernardo playing right wing. I I feel like Bernardo will always get the big games. Um, he gives you so much more than Mara. So Mahrez gives you good attacking output, fair enough. And he play he'll play better against teams like um, Shield or when we go to Fulham Fulham on the weekend or you know against a team that we know is going to set up very very defensively but against teams that are going to be a bit little bit little bit more open you want a bit more control Bernardo's always going to start because it gives you so much so much more than Mares will besides you know attacking output so you kind of get that stability in midfield when you do have Bernardo. Um, so I wasn't surprised I expected Bernardo to start because he did play those two big buying games as well. Um, but yeah, that I did not expect Walker to start. I thought definitely Laporte was starting because I thought Laporte would just slot into the Aki role. But I guess, look, Kanji man, he's been the staple of this season in defense. He's been the only player, knock on wood, hasn't had an injury and has almost played every game. Right, He's always played... And he's played right back, he's played centre back, and he's played left back. So Pep definitely trusts him. Um, and to me, he's been one of the signings of seasons. Like I know it's, it's hard to put it over Haaland. Um, when Haaland's <laughs> scoring goals for fun and breaking records. More on him later. Um, but yeah, look to me he's he's you know, he's been he's been I can't fault him. And he's gotten better as the years gone on, you know what I mean? Like I feel like he had a bit of issues with um, uh, you know, passing the ball, he wasn't. He wasn't as progressive as as what we used to. But he's gotten better as the years gone on, and he's built up confidence. and Pep trusts him the most. So, that's the only surprise for me. Just Laporte, Laporte over Walker. That's it. What about you? Yeah,
0: I was pretty surprised with that too. And then once I saw the game start, I guess I shouldn't have been as surprised that Akanji played left back because, like, Akanji hasn't played on the left side basically all season. Like, not even as a left-sided center back. So I didn't think he would play there. But he is probably the most two-footed of the center backs. Like, he he's very good with his left foot. He can pass out. And I think Pep said it earlier in the year. Like, Akanji is really good at playing out, and he's really good with the ball. He he, I think Pep, like, compared him to Stones and Laporte in terms of passing out. I think he was more cautious, and he's kind of growing into himself. Like sort of like how Grealish was. Like Grealish was much more cautious and now he's starting to learn how to play within the team. And I think that's what we're seeing from Akanji now. Cause we can see like he made so many good line breaking passes today. And he's so good on the ball. And I think it was just more of Pep needed to bring that out of him. But like in defensively, I mean he didn't put a foot wrong. Did you even like
1: hear Saka's name all day? Like that wasn't in- that was Great performance. <laughs> to be honest, going into the game, I'm scared of Martinelli and, and Saka because, you know, fast paced is, you know, very good in the box. They were fucking quiet the entire game. Martinelli touched the ball eight times. Yeah, he passed them. I think it was passing the ball eight times or did he did touch the ball eight times. Something like that. I don't know. I think he had eight passes all game. So, like, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous! You don't expect that from an Arsenal team, especially an this Arsenal team.
0: Yeah, because those are their those are their stars, and so, like both matches that City have played this well, both Premier League matches that City have played this year, like Saka has been basically anonymous. The first match it was against Ake, and this one was against um, this one was against Akanji. And, but I mean, they were both incredible. Akanji, and Akanji, too, like, has the physical skills. He's, like, he's big. He's got pace. He's strong. Like, I I think that's probably underrated as well. Like, he's pretty quick. He's not, like, Pep he's said not slow it best,
1: by any means. Pep said it best. He's got defenders that can defend right now. And, and you, you tweeted about this, about fullbacks, and I, and I said, I can't, I'm kind of happy we don't have fullbacks because... We don't need attacking fullbacks. I'm, I'm happy to have these absolute defensive monsters in, in you know, three to four centre backs playing in one game, and we're shutting. We're shutting up like teams can't get through us. And like you said, Saka and Martinelli were quiet the entire game. Saka got pocketed. He did nothing. He did nothing. Yeah, and, and I also
0: and, think it's also do, like a big testament to Grealish and Bernardo. Because any time Saka or Martinelli got the ball, Grealish double, and double. Bernardo were back there doubling right in their face. Like, Grealish's and right. work rate is so good. And Bernardo on the other side, we already know him. And, like, it was just – it was absolutely incredible. Incredible defensive performance. I just – I love it. Love it. Okay, so let's start with the – let's start with the first half. And I, we're going to start first – was that a penalty? Like the first what two minutes of the game? That was a penalty. How how did they not give that penalty? Am I am I crazy or did you see something I didn't see?
1: So I think I thought it was a stonewall penalty. Like so, but but then again, I spoke to an Arsenal friend. He said, "Look, I'll call a spade as a spade." And he goes, "I didn't I didn't think it was because he goes, it's like when you put a foot in front of another defender." And you get there first. You're in front, so it's not really a foul. And I'm like, mm, maybe okay. I can see that point of view if I'm being fair. But to me, it's like Kevin De Bruyne was in for a shot, so you're going for a tackle. You're not getting in front. You're you're sticking a leg to put in front. So for me, it's it's a it's a pen. I, I can't see any other way where it's not a penalty. But you know, in saying that, Michael Oliver clearly clearly did not give us anything in that first 20 minutes. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm going but, and I'm sure a lot of City fans will agree with this, but that first twenty minutes was shambolic refereeing, absolutely shambolic. Like, I was tweeting at the same time as the game. I'm like, I'm like, are we gonna get a single call? Even, even my Arsenal friend, he goes to me, yeah, we we got every single fifty fifty call in that tw- first twenty minutes of the game. They were giving us nothing. So there wasn't like, even a
0: fifty have- fifty call though. Like, no, no, the that's not a, a penalty. Fin- like-
1: the yeah, went, like, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about everything else that happened, like yeah. the yellow card. Like, party should have been on a yellow card. They were grabbing us and holding... Like, Rob Holding, fitting for his name, was holding Haaland every single time the ball went up there. They're fouls. you can't, You got to call this. Otherwise, he's going to do it all game, and that's what he did. He literally did it all fucking game. So, Michael Oliver, you're a fucking shit referee. You're meant to be the best referee in the Premier League, and that's exactly what's wrong with Premier League's referees. They're just terrible. It's, it's honestly, it's terrible. Like
0: I will, I will say, like that was better refereeing than we've seen much of the year.
1: It's <laughs> not cra- saying much. As crazy as that it sounds, <laughs> it's not saying much, though, right?
0: <laughs> honestly, so I'll give you my theory as to why they didn't call it. So, Oliver, like, probably because, like, at first glance, when you're watching it in real time, you don't really see that it was a penalty. Like, you don't see it until the replay. And then but you're that's like, oh, shit, that's a Exactly, right? So then it went to VAR. Okay, and VAR checked it and said, okay, you're fine. And that was it, right? So my theory is that the VAR referee was still getting his coffee because it was so early in the game <laughs> and they didn't expect something to happen. Because that's the only way they, like, so somebody there was like, oh, shit, we got to make a decision real quickly and the VAR ref isn't here, so they just click like, no, you're good, and that's it. Because that's the <laughs> only way you arrive at, there's no way that you look at that replay and say, ah, oh, yeah, that was the right decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so, that's my theory, is like, they were Let's like, shit, I, I, he's I, not
1: here. I like that theory. That's just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah,
0: he was like, he was like out getting coffee or getting a hot dog or something before the game, and he just didn't get back in time. The line was a little too long. <laughs> so And they were like, oh well we gotta make a decision.
1: Okay, that's fine. And that was it. Uh yeah, but, but being serious, that's that's the reason we have VAR, right? It's to it's to correct these decisions. And the problem what VAR does, like if, if there was no VAR and that got missed in real time, you say, fair enough. It got missed by the ref. Like that can happen. You know, refs are not robots, right? They they can miss things. And, you know, it happens. But for it to have VAR and not get a penalty from VAR, you say, okay, it becomes more scrutinized. You know what I mean? So you just look at it and go, well, if that's not going to be a penalty, then what is? To me, it was clear as day. Like <laughs> you're taking he, he didn't he basically partly got none of the ball, only got Kevin De Bruyne's legs, stopped the shot by getting Kevin De Bruyne's legs. It's a penalty.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, not only a couple minutes later we get de bruyne's goal and what it, so what did you think of de bruyne's like to me it kind of looked like they were sort of scared of holland again like
1: it was oh, similar, to Mahrez,
0: similar to the mares similar to the mares goal where kind of like the red sea opened up because they were tracking holland
1: it starts and with holland's ha- hold up play right so and we've talked about this before on the pod right about Holland improving improving with his hold up play as the season's going on and we've said by next season, he's going to be an absolute monster because he's going to become a pep striker plus all the all the additional um, strengths that he has in front of goal. And we're already seeing it. You know, his hold-up play today was fantastic, right? He got the assist for both goals to Kevin De Bruyne, right? And his passing was perfectly weighted, perfectly timed. His hold-up play was fantastic. held it up at the perfect time. Threw border to 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 Harlan done a reverse, Uno in terms of like, you know, it's meant to be, it's meant to be De Bruyne assisting Harlan, but we went the other way around. Um, and then Kevin De Bruyne is angry because he didn't get the penalty. So you get that type of goal from him where he just, you know, kills it around and straight into the back net into the corner.
0: Okay. So I messed up. It was actually Grealish. So when you're watching that, like correct, Holland's hold up play, like that was per- his first touch honestly like I felt like much of the season his first touch was kind of getting away from him on those long balls. Yeah, agree. His agreed. first touch was perfect. And then he got to De Bruyne De Bruyne streaking and honestly I thought De Bruyne was going to kind of get it out wide to Grealish. Cuz normally that's kind of what he does in those scenarios. And it's like it's like De Bruyne going through the middle and then Grealish out left and Holland is like sort of trailing, but Holland's pretty far behind. And there's like four Arsenal defenders, and De Bruyne just blows past all of them. That was first off shocking defending by Arsenal, like shocking. You like you, there's just no excuse for that. And then De Bruyne like goes around their defenders, curls it around their keeper into the goal. Like obviously Holland, like Holland started that because it came from a long ball, and. Like you said, it was absolutely perfect. But, like, I honestly think that this match was more about Arsenal playing terrible than it was about City playing well. And I know, like, both have to happen when something like this happens. But I think it was even more weighted to, like, Arsenal were shocking today. And... I didn't turn off. Like, this one was a perfect example because you have Rob Holding, who... Objectively stinks. Like he should probably be in the championship. Let's be honest. He's not a good player. And I get it. Like, Saliba's injured. It's fine. But like. For so you start with that. Like, holding does a terrible job, even contesting Holland for the holdup play. Then there's De Bruyne running through, and there's De Bruyne that's got three people in between him and the keeper. And he just runs right around them. It's like it's like if you're playing FIFA. Like, that's what that looked like.
1: And that's just
0: it, inexcusable.
1: Yeah, it's the, it's the confidence. So, and I, in in my opinion, the reason why Arsenal are playing like this is they have no confidence in the back. It reminds me of our 2020 season. We were playing Fernandinho and Otamendi for most of the season at the back and a bit of Eric Garcia. We had no confidence, right? So, and that has a cascading effect on the entire team. It's the same thing um, with Liverpool without Van Dijk in that 2021 season where, you know, they have one major injury, but it affects the entire team. Same thing this season for us. Diaz was out for six, eight weeks. We suffered during those times. The confidence goes down. So it has a cascading effect on the entire team. Saliba is that linchpin for them in that in that back line. He is the, the general or the... It's probably their, their best back line play out of, you know, out of Gabriel um, White and... Tomiyasu and um, Zinchenko. Yeah. is playing in that back line. He's, he's definitely he's, their best. He is definitely their best player. And he's only 21. He's, he's a fantastic player. And what he does really, really well is not only is he strong defensively, he's very, very strong with progressing, progressing the ball forward. He makes very, very, very good decisions. I think his pass rate is something insane. So, like, Oh, he's, hearing, yeah, he's incredible. Like, he's a very good player. Very yeah, good. So, so when he's out of the team... Everyone, everyone around him suffers. So party is playing differently to how he normally plays when Saliba is in because he's trying to cover different areas of the pitch and he pulls them in different directions. And this is why they've been suffering for the last four games. So, But this, these things can happen and you, and you need to be able to deal with injuries. You know, the, Arsenal, I think, have been very fortunate this year. I've tweeted m- many times about it. They've had 91% of their starting 11 played all minutes. So that you, you're not going to get a season like that. It's never going to happen. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have to deal with them. Um, and, then, and this is why i th- talk a little bit about more uh, you know, on the title race and about Arsenal. But maybe it looks like they're not ready to win the title this year and for many reasons, but they probably need a few more pieces, a bit more age on their young players, and then they'll get there.
0: So, you know, the rest of the first half was basically City battering them but not getting through. Until the forty fifth minute, um, so yeah, what did she, you think? I mean, like it was, it was a lot of Holland almost scoring. His like his dropping was just killing them. Like Holland was really good on the ball, like you said, making good passes, but also running with the ball. I feel like, especially because Holland and De, especially because Holland and De Bruyne are right there in the middle, and they're both like you know. Blonde and like when you watch them run, <laughs> I sometimes I would have trouble th- like and I'm watching it on my phone. So it's a really small screen. Sometimes I did not know who had the ball because they'd be like running full <laughs> speed. And I'm like, who is that? And if they looked like they kind of favored their left foot, then I figured it was Holland. But it was like Holland was really good dropping, like turning with the ball, running. Like he and he's always kind of had that skill he it's getting better but like Holland wasn't just a banging goals and nothing else guy at Dortmund like he's he's always been very good technically as well or else city wouldn't have signed him so yeah. he's improved Yeah, a lot I mean that. he yeah like I even said it I tweeted after the first half that that was probably Holland's best half of the season and he didn't even score Like, he was so good, and it's that's helping a lot because City, you know, everybody talks about City sort of losing control with him in there instead of a false nine, and now you're starting to get even more, which I thought was bullshit anyways, but now you're starting to get kind of the best of both worlds, and yeah, it was just, it was beautiful to see. They didn't have a sniff basically the entire first half, like... There's that one party shot from outside the box that wasn't even on target. That was it. I think like they, they had, had nothing. Point, they had, point had nothing. 0.1 xG at halftime.
1: If Arsenal uh, went in, if Arsenal went into halftime down 1-0, they would have taken that. They would have taken a hand off for that because they were terrible and we were battering them. We could have like I said, we could have been up 3 to 4-0 before halftime. Before Stones even scored. Um and 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 hashtag that we need to buy you an iPad so you can <laughs> you can see who's running with the ball <laughs> when you're watching and games that, on on the go. <laughs> it was like it
0: was crazy though, like that. And also, I think I agree with you. Like, so the we'll get into the second goal now. Like, the second goal really killed them. I thought because you could see Heads it immediately. Down. Like, if they go into halftime down one nil, they're thinking, okay, we still have a chance in this. And 2 0, like end of the half on a really close offside call, like that just, you could just see it in their body language. They were like, fuck. Yeah, and it was heads down. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, we start the second half and we score a goal
1: almost immediately. And it's like, yeah, game's over now. And yeah, uh, that's. Uh, well, once we scored the second goal, we went into halftime up 2 0. I was so relaxed. Like I, I I was anxious before the game. Um, you know, we started the game really well and then once we're up 2-0, like because we, like like I said, we were smashing him. So like you always you always worry about the the typical one one draw where like, you know, you're you're the Nottingham the Nottingham Forest type game where you're like you should have had six goals and you know, then you can see the last minute counter attack and it's you know, it won all. Right? You always worry about that in the back of your head. As soon as we went up two 0 I'm like, this game's over. You know Arsenal. Arsenal are dead in the water. They, they, it was the deserved lead that we had, right? And credit to Kevin De Bruyne, amazing cross. Credit to John, John Johnny Johnny Boulders, straight header into the into the corner. Like this team this year is something else, man. You know we're it's, we haven't, we haven't lost a game since Tottenham away in February. That's the yeah. last game we've lost. We we drew Bayern,
0: we drew Bayern in the second
1: leg. That's yep. really been it. Like we've drawn Bayern, yeah. Leipzig, and Nottingham. They're the only other games have dropped, but actually losing a game is Tottenham away one nil, and that's yeah. just Tottenham juju. <laughs> like the team at the moment, it's is hitting the form. Like we've once, I think this is the seventh win in a row in the Premier League now.
0: So I would have loved to play Tottenham this week.
1: <laughs> I, I I wouldn't because we always just struggle against them. So I don't know what it is, but yeah. Every every so, single season I say, this is the year we're going to bat at Tottenham and we go away and we don't score a goal. <laughs> it's the same shit every year. <laughs> I'm tired of it.
0: So, yeah, I mean, once we get into the second half and we score the third goal in the beginning of the second half, like
1: I think it's essentially, a-
0: essentially we're on cruise control at that point. Yeah, like we're yeah. we
1: really don't even try to get another goal after that. Yeah. It looks like we, we went into and game management, City. That's the ultimate disrespect to Arsenal as a title-contending team. City to be up three 0 with thirty-five minutes to go, and City going to control mode. Where yeah, we're like, going we're not to not conserve gonna our in. energy. We're going to conserve our energy for full on the weekend. That's what they did. That is crazy, and that's not ex- that and i compare this to you know liverpool's games against us in the title races this was not like this at all you know they, sorry to say it at arsenal but they don't hold a candle to those liverpool teams if you watch go, go back and watch the liverpool games that we played that we played in the title races it was gun ho every single minute of those games there was no time for control there was no time to diddy about. You, it was intense pressure from minute one to minute 90. And that was a difference in performance. And that's why they pushed us all way almost 100 points for three straight seasons. The, that's the type of title contending team we were up against. Arsenal are not that yet. They're not there yet. They still need a bit more quality, a bit more age to get there.
0: Yeah. So, you know, just looking at this, like, like you said, Scored in the fifty fifth minute and then it's just thirty-five minutes of fucking around, really. Like Literally, they scored that yeah. consolation. They scored that consolation at the end, and then Holland gets his consolation at the end, which I'm very happy about because I had a bet on Holland scoring. So
1: <laughs> Kudo, kudos kudos to you, Erling. And and he broke the Premier League record. So he's got thirty three goals with seven yeah, games. Yeah, for to a thirty eight game season. Yeah. He's broke he broke Mo Salah's record. Um, of 32 goals, so wow, what a f- what a fucking player! And on yeah. top of that, the assist to Kevin De Bruyne, right, puts him as the top assisting striker in the Premier League.
0: That's incredible.
1: He's seven seven assists. assists. He had seven two
0: assists. assists to De Bruyne today.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's seven assists, and that puts who would him have that- who
0: would have ever drawn that up like perfectly drawn up? Our top scoring striker in Erling Holland. Gets two assists to Kevin
1: De Bruyne. Like, it's <laughs> Kevin incredible. De Bruyne fucking hates Arsenal, doesn't he? I swear to God, he hates them. He literally puts in a 10 out of 10 performance every single time we play Arsenal.
0: Yeah, and De Bruyne could have had a hat trick if it wasn't... There was that one where Holland was through on goal, and if he just squared it to De Bruyne, it's a tap-in. And... Ramsdale made a really good save, but he could have just squared that to De Bruyne, and it's a in.
1: So, just just a little bit more stats for you. So, Harlan with seven assists has as many assists as Mo Salah, has as many assists as Trent Alexander-Arnold, has as most assists as James Madison. <laughs> you want me to keep going? That's incredible. It's great. it's, it's abs- he's got more assists than Bruno Fernandez. Like. And this this guy's scoring goals for fun. And and he's the type of player that does not link up and does not assist and does not pass well. So go figure.
0: <laughs> so let's he's let's talk about Arsenal real quick. I know we kind of touched on it, but let's go a little deeper on Arsenal. So when Arsenal were having this crazy run in the beginning of the year, and it looked like they were really Sort of running away with the title at one point, or the title was theirs to lose. I'll put it that way. My two biggest questions were one, can they, like, is this a run of good form or is this what this team is going to be? So that was my first question. My second question was, are they going to be able to hold up physically because they're playing the same 11 basically every week? Like, they're not really rotating. So are they going to be like are they going to get tired essentially and I think we got our answer to both of those tonight it looks like the answer to both are no like they that beginning of the year they're just they're not consistent enough and whether like that can be due to a million different things but at at some point like they were playing as well as city can play but they can't keep it up for an entire season and I think we've seen that in the last couple months. I think even if Saliba's back, like, if Saliba's back, does like, I don't think that changes a ton in this game. Like, I'm sure they'll no. play better, but they get fucking battered from the beginning. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't keep us from, pl- we played out from the back the whole game. And normally, Arsenal is one of our tougher games, even in like previous years where, We would play Arsenal and they'd be like sixth place and it would be a pretty tough game because Arteta knew how to set up against us. He did a really good job of stopping us playing out from the back and it looked easy today. Honestly, kind of reminded me of Liverpool. Like, Liverpool a couple weeks ago, that was the easiest I've ever seen City play out from the back against the Liverpool team. This was more of the same.
1: Yeah, look... I think there's, a, there's a, a few reasons. I think Saliba wouldn't have helped in this game. He would have probably helped in the games against Liverpool, West Ham, and Southampton. I think they win those games with Saliba. Um, that's where it changes things up for Arsenal. Um, and I said in the beginning of the year as well, so they, they were on pace for 100 points, I think 20 games into the season, which is absolutely crazy, right? So to have a point, a point per game return of that high um is very hard to maintain and we know it ourselves right So we've done it in the past you win you win 14 games, you win 12 games in a row and then you kind of fall off towards the end of the season or you fall off in the middle of the season and you know you end up at 90 something points but for to, what's shocking from Arsenal is and it's funny, both run of bad forms came prior to the City game in both times. So prior to the Emirates game, Right, that we beat them 3-1. They dropped, I think, three games in a row. They lost to Everton, then they drew to Newcastle. No, no, they, they drew to Brentford, and then they played us, and they lost as well. So they dropped three games in a row. It's like they're, they're looking ahead at City and then not looking at the next game. that's something with experience will help them, right? Focus on the next game, not look ahead. And I think we started getting into their heads a little bit in terms of, you know, we're coming up close, we're putting up, we're playing very well. That started playing uh, an effect on them. You know, the attitude was always, from in my opinion, from them was, you know, it doesn't matter if City beat us, let's just win our games and we'll be alright. Because it had such a cushion, right? But as soon as we became within range of playing a game, their form starts dropping because they're looking ahead. Right? So they dropped what this time they dropped three games prior to playing City. And they did the same thing last time against us, right? So the, all their bad runs of forms have come as they're as they come into playoffs. Maybe maybe it's a mentality thing. It's like a, you know, because if you look at their last five games, they've got six out of 15 points. That's a 1.2 points per game. You can't do that in a title race. That's a bottle job, right? It's the only way yeah. to put it. It's a, it's a bottle job. You can't make, like, this is, this is the run-in at the end of the day. You need to win every single game and you need to put performance in. Doesn't well, matter that's, who's playing. I
0: I wouldn't even be like that harsh on them, and I'll tell you why. Is like, okay, Arsenal's probably gonna finish in like the mid eighties in points. If Pep Guardiola isn't in the like coaching Manchester City, that's good enough to win the title. And it's that's the problem is is that's the standard that has been set by pep and manchester city is if you want to beat them for the title you better get at least 90 points
1: liverpool's putting 90 plus points for four out of the five seasons man that's, the, that's yeah, the levels that's the levels and so am i really
0: going to fault arsenal a young team for not hitting 90 points probably not i mean like that, but that I think that, it's it more of them reverting to. I think it's more of them reverting to the mean, though, than anything. I think they just had a crazy good first half of the season, but I didn't think that's what they were. I thought they no. were just playing out of their minds, and no. this I is dis- them sort
1: of reverting back to the mean. I disagree. I disagree because if you look at all their statistics and all their the way they were playing, they were outplaying every team um, in the
0: first except City. Even, against, City, right? even even except City, City would have better goal differential, had better XG, had better all of that. Obviously, like, okay, and I'm comparing them to City here, so that's also what's unfair. It's like, you compare them to the rest of the league, yeah, they're, they're still better than everybody else in the league right now. But I think this is more of them, like, they're just not at City's level. And I think the first half of the season kind of tricked everyone into thinking they were, and City was also at a lower level in the beginning of the season. So I think it kind of tricked everyone into thinking that our, like Arsenal is obviously much improved from last year, but they're not at City's level. They're not at like Liverpool's level in previous years. They're not there yet. They, they might get there, but they're not there yet. And to me, I, like, I see this as more reverting back to to the mean of what they are, because they have basically no bench. Like you saw it, they have one injury, and they have to play Callum Chambers or not Callum Chambers, Rob Holding. It's the same fucking player. Um. Anyways, they have to play Rob Holding. Like in same with like Thomas Party was terrible today, and he was one of their best players all season. So like the the margins are really thin for them because they have such a thin squad and yes they're obviously much improved but this is just what they're going to be and they it's going to be on them to improve their squad and squad depth this summer so i think that's going to be the big thing for them going into next summer but for this like for this iteration i think a they're too thin and they got tired and b I think they're just reverting back
1: to what their level was going to be. I I, I disagree. And the reason why is, so, for me, like, at the end of the day, they went up until game week 25. They were probably still on pace for about 98 points, I'd say, right? So that means you've got 13 games left. You've shown for more than 60% of the season, you are playing at an extremely high level, right? Right. They don't need to hit ninety-five points. I get what you're saying about like you know prior to the season starting is eighty-five points enough for Arsenal? That's a great season for Arsenal, but in the context of the season and what they did prior to where they are right now, to me, you, it, it still it is a bottle job because their levels were so. Look, I don't like. I agree with you in terms of they're not at City or Liverpool's but you don't need to be at City or Liverpool's levels to win the league, right? If they just did their job against all the other teams, then they'll still win the league, right? Because we suffered early on in the season. We dropped a lot of points. We shouldn't have dropped points. So they still have their advantage. City probably Yeah, but everybody's going
0: to do that. Like, every team drops points that they shouldn't drop. Like, no, uh, if, if City didn't drop points that they shouldn't drop, we would get, what, 115 points every season. Like... <laughs> That's just that's just gonna happen. Like you're not going to you're going to drop some points, which, which is fine,
1: which is fine. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is they they dropped four games in a row right now, and they dropped two two of those four games were games they had a two 0 lead in, and sorry to go up to go down three one against Southampton, three one against Southampton who have twenty five points on the season at that point. Right, and i literally dead last to go three-one down with twenty minutes to go. No, they—they are. The moment has got to them. They felt the pressure, and that's what—that's where they're failing. That's where I'm saying they're bottling it. Right. So forget forget all the performance and everything. You need to show up for those games. Liverpool did. City did. When Chelsea were winning the league, they used to show up in those games, no matter how tired they were. Right, and that's where Arsenal are failing. Right, that's where they—that's where they. Their in, the intensity has got to them, and they started looking at us when they shouldn't even be thinking about us. They had a, they had an eight point cushion on us, right? Don't worry, about City. Focus on yourselves. Go one game at a time, and they would they'd, they'd they'd be ahead right now. But instead, they focused on us, what we were doing, even though they only had seven games to play. So I get, this what, you're, I get what you're saying. They're going to drop points. I get it, but they shouldn't be dropping. They shouldn't be dropping nine points in a five-game stretch. That is too much.
0: So here's the other thing, and I think this is where City factors in. Do you remember, it was probably in maybe Pep's first or second season, where he said something like, we need to develop the mentality and like the arrogance of winning at City, and we don't have that. He said like Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and Barcelona and teams like that have it, but City (laughs) doesn't have it yet, and that's what we need to instill. City have that now. And I think when Arsenal, like, that scares the shit out of other teams in the Premier League because they know, like, City's not dropping their level. They've done it plenty of times. Like, they, like, that's what, like, Arsenal knows. They're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, we have to be perfect because City is going to be there every time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, kind of reminds me of, like, how people view Real Madrid and the champions. Like, it's like, it's like they're inevitable. Like, yep. they're just going, like, and so they kind of see City just creeping up on them. And they're like, motherfucker. Like, that's how <laughs> they think, because they're just like, and there's a lot of cursing in this episode, I know, but. It definitely going to a like, specialist. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, that's just how they're thinking, is like, I can't believe, like, the City is inevitable. And they have the mentality of, like, we don't care how much we're down. In the league, we're going to win every game from now till the end of the season. And they'll just like, they'll just rattle it off. And that really, and uh, like you said, that's a really young team that can really hurt their psyche. Like they don't have the experience. Like their experienced players are Jesus and Zinchenko, who are like our kids on our team. So
1: yeah, I just, I don't have, look, I think that's that's part of it. Yeah, look, like I said before, their core will grow into a title-challenging team every season, right? That core of Saliba, Gabriel, Saka, Odegaard, that core will be a a strong core for years to come. They're all around that 21 to 23 23 years old, right? Um, And I I looked at an interesting graph the other day where where you see where the age profiles and minutes played sit. They don't have that. They don't have any players or any of their core players in those prime, twenty-five to twenty-eight year old slots, like we do. We've got like so many players that fit that mold. You know, when it comes to Diaz, Stones, Kanji, we've got so many players. gondohan the point, like literally the whole team's littered with them, right? Bernardo, um, beat, yeah, Bernardo. The, the whole team's littered with them. So we've got a very good mix of young and experience. So when it does come to these moments, we know what to do. And, you look at last year right even the last game of the season we went up 3-2 against Aston Villa and you see the city players losing their heads and then you got Kevin De Bruyne running after the players calm down the game's not over yet right it's that type of experience that they have they know they know it. they've been through it so many times even me as a fan I like I don't I don't think about a title race being over until literally 2 3 games like people go oh, it's over it's over." I'm like you don't know what's going to happen this title race right now is not over yeah. football is mad. Things go really, really, really weird every single season. So to say something's over or something's, you know, that's the mentality you've got to carry. And I think Arsenal will learn a lot from this season. Um, and look, they'll go into the market. They've got to sign some good players. Sure. They'll, they'll probably get Casiedo or Declan Rice, um, that type of profile in midfield, and they'll, they'll come back stronger next season.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of, that's the other thing is, not only do we have good experienced players, but even our younger players are experienced players. Like, Phil Foden is 22 and has four Premier League titles. You know what I'm saying? Like, he... Ha- and he played in a Champions League final and has played in multiple semifinals. Like, these guys have the experience of playing in those... Arsenal's net... Like, none of these guys have even played in the Champions League other than, like, Jesus and Zinchenko, who, like... Have anybody else? Oh, Thomas Party and Odegaard, not really. Like he's, he sat on the bench for some, champ, but like that's it. So that's what I'm have, saying is like the, they don't have that. So I think that's part of it. And also like City is at the point where they have the mentality. Like they, and they're starting to get it in the Champions League as well. They're getting more confidence because we go to the semifinals every year now. They're starting to really feel that. But in the league, it's like they have the arrogance of, well, you got to come take it from us. You want this league? You got, you better take it from us. And Arsenal couldn't. And take a that's shot at like, the
1: king, you best not miss.
0: Yeah, and that's basically it. Is like we're not going to lay down and just let you take this title. You better come get this title. And I love like it's just the arrogance that they play with and the. It, the atmosphere at the Etihad looked incredible tonight. And it was just, it was beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. And they just, they did a really good, like, they turned up. It's one of those, like, the Etihad's also becoming that. It's like, you go to the Etihad, that's going to be an avalanche. And that's what it looked like tonight. It just looked like, like, Arsenal from minute one looked
1: completely overwhelmed. I agree. That, like I said, the the moment and the pressure has got to them um, and see what class in every department defensively attacking in midfield we, we, we literally bullied them. It was big brother versus little brother in most of that game. Um, so here's
0: here's a question. I'm not going to ask like the question that everybody would ask, which is is the title race over? I'm going to give it to you as a percentage. I think that's better. So, what is the percentage that C- you think City win the title? Uh, right now, with the bookies, it's ninety-one percent.
1: So, I'll go with that. Uh, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the bookies. I'm talking about you. Ninety percent. Yeah, I'd go with ninety percent. we've got a four-point lead on the title right now. Um, in terms of if we're going to have two games in hand, it's four points, right? So that means out of the seven remaining games we have, we need to either draw two. Sorry, for Arsenal to actually take a lead on the race, because we've got such a high differential and goal difference, we'd need to lose a game and draw a game for them to go ahead. If we draw two games out of the seven, we're still ahead on goal difference. So we'd need to drop three games if they, if we're drawing, not losing. So,
0: so that's the other thing, is that not only do would we need to draw two, not even just draw two, lose one and draw one, but that also means Arsenal cannot lose or draw a game the rest of the season.
1: Correct. They have to win like, out for the rest of the season.
0: So, so, basically in order for this to happen, Arsenal have five games remaining. They would need to win all five and then they would need City to not just draw two, they would need either to draw more than two or to lose one and draw one or lose two or however. Drop more than four points. They would need. Uh, I see that as pretty unlikely. And and on top of that, like, Arsenal don't have an easy schedule. Like, they still have to play Chelsea, and I know Chelsea stink, but they're still a rival. And so, like, Southampton stink, and Southampton tied them. So, that doesn't really, like, that can happen to a rival where Chelsea might take something off of them. Who knows? And then also they have Newcastle at St James's Park, which is going to be a tough game. Like
1: that's going to be a very hard
0: game for them.
1: Yeah, I, look, I think I think if we win our next three games, the title is over. Um, they're not the the next game is really important against Fulham. I feel like you want to come out of a big game and put in another good performance. You know, we did we did. Same thing last time. We we won it. We won at the Emirates, and then we drew to Nottingham. So we need to win against Fulham to maintain the levels, right? To maintain the mentality. Um And the other two games are against West Ham and Leeds, who are both in a relegation battle, but they are at home. I feel like if we win those three games, then you can potentially say the title's over. Especially considering what will happen to Arsenal in those three games that are playing opposite. They, like you said, they're playing. Newcastle away, you're playing Chelsea, and they're playing Brighton at home as well. So they've got three tough games coming up as well. And we've got three games that we should on paper win. But this had this this is the title race. It's strange things happen. I've, so I've Arsenal
0: seen. has three in the next couple of weeks as well. I know we do. Does Arsenal have the same thing? No, so we we play one of our games in hand
1: um this week. They don't.
0: Okay, so Arsenal's next game, yeah, is next Tuesday against Chelsea. Actually, and no,
1: no, then, uh, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, we play one extra game, so
1: they, they don't have they any game weeks left. <laughs> they basically play one game a week.
0: So they have, yeah, they have Tuesday and then they have Sunday. Tues, technically, next game is their only
1: midweek, even though they have it's, a week it's, off. It's, it's a Tuesday. It's not really, yeah, it's not really a midweek game. They just moved the game. Um, around just because of how the other games have fallen like awesome, like yeah. I, they played that we play, we played them and so they just shifted back the the Chelsea game they gave him extra rest <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> like so so they got Chelsea uh next tuesday and then Newcastle next sunday honestly it would not surprise me at all if after Newcastle like the title might be statistically wrapped up if not Brighton, the week after, like it wouldn't surprise. Uh, me. Like
1: ma- mathematically, I don't think it'll be over till we play Chelsea. Mathematically, be- because only because we, it's we're always going to have a game in hand until the last game week, right? So, no matter what we do, we're always going to have a game in hand, literally until the last week of the season. Um, so, from a mathematical point of view, we can't wrap up the title in the next couple weeks, which is annoying. Um, but. Look, like I said, these three games coming up once they've played Brighton on the on this on the the fourteenth of May, I think it is, um we will kind of know how the picture stands because we would we would have played Everton away at the same time. And so that's, that's smack bang in the middle of Real Madrid. So that would be interesting. And Everton so are it, in a relegation battle. If Arsenal
0: theoretically were to drop points at their next two games which probably not going to happen. They'll probably win at least one of them. But they have Newcastle at Newcastle. They could very well lose that. And then they have Chelsea at home. So say Arsenal get two points from those games. Okay, they're sitting at 77 points with three games left. Okay, and say City win the next three. City is sitting at 82. So they're... It's almost wrapped up at that point. Look, look City if they, sitting at eighty-two and Arsenal sitting at seventy-seven, and Arsenal only have two games left. So then Arsenal would need City to basically lose every game, and Arsenal would have to win out their last three. So yeah, City, look, like uh, in uh, two weeks, su- the would,
1: title could be wrapped up. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal win win out their five games, and and the reason why is they won't have pressure. The pressure, gonna- nah. No, not, no, I, no, I
0: I highly doubt they're going to go to Saint James's Park and beat
1: Newcastle. Wouldn't it honestly wouldn't surprise me. Like I, they went to Aston Villa, who had won like nine games in a row, <laughs> and they still got a result. The, the problem is that the thing is right now for Arsenal is the pressure's gone. No one expects them to win the league anymore. They don't have a city to look a city game to look at in, on their schedule. They literally just go, okay, we've got five games left. Let's just try win them and see what happens. It wouldn't surprise me if they win out. At don't. Like yeah, but Chelsea.
0: they could think like that, but they could also think the other way. Like, damn it, we just fucked the title race.
1: Yeah, which is true. You know like what I mean? Got, like, like, they got they got Chelsea up next. Chelsea can't score a goal if you, if you literally put them in front of an open net. So I think I don't expect, expect Chelsea to get a result against
0: them at all. <laughs> no, me neither. But also, and here's the other thing too: is like City just killed their confidence. Like, what they didn't have much confidence going into this game after the last couple matches. Like they. They didn't win a game for the three matches before City, and City it looked like City just killed them off. Like, and if that confidence goes, they can like they can spiral, and it wouldn't surprise me if they do. Like their their confidence is at an all time low right now. It wasn't very good coming into this game, and City just
1: like kicked a dead horse. Look, their, their total points right now can be ninety, and where where our total points can be ninety four. That's how you got to look at it. But like I said, we have, we have nine points to play for in the last week. So I don't, like I said, I don't. I'm hoping that we can wrap the title up um, uh, at Chelsea. Uh, sorry, Chelsea at home. That will be two games left after we play Chelsea. It'll be good to wrap it up then. But I don't think it'll be wrapped up by then. I, I literally think we'll wrap it up in the last week. I, I, think be, I think it'll
0: be I think it'll be wrapped up much sooner than you think. Or at least it'll be very, very close. Like something where City have five games left and they need two points from the last five games. Something crazy like that. Like that's what it's going to be. I think. I think Arsenal's gonna drop more points and City's gonna keep winning, and they're going to be determined to wrap this up as early as they can, because if we advance against Real Madrid, then we have the finals, the two finals to look at, and that's it. So, like, rotation and rest, this could not be more ideal for City in terms of rotation and rest I, I think if we City can get the points. title wrapped up as early as
1: possible. I think City will drop points before that last week. They'll drop points on and, and And the reason why they'll drop points is because... Because of the games against Madrid. So we've got Chelsea and Everton on the side on each side of the of those Madrid games. That's then we ma- have, but, but have to rotate, Even, right? Look, look at Roger. Roger at the end of this game was exhausted. He is on his last legs already. Right. So we need to start rotating him or give him give That's him
0: fine. That's him. fine. Yeah. We 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 rested him. Okay, and Gundawan played there a couple of days ago. Looks like Calvin Phillips is not getting a game in. Laporte, it looks like the same thing. Yeah, they're both, I think Laporte's finished too. If Laporte can't get in this game, then he's finished. So, I think personally, like, okay, even if we drop a point, I think Arsenal's going to drop a lot more points. Like, I think that's going to hand the title to City more than it will be, our like, City winning. And that's why I think they'll have it wrapped up much quicker. We can focus on the Madrid games and i honestly think like a couple of these games too will sort of be rests in themselves because i think city is going to be like we've been doing just go up 3-0 in the first half and try to cruise in yeah. the rest of the game because at that point it's a training exercise like if you're just moving the ball around you're not really exerting much energy and i don't and <laughs> i don't see leeds as
1: a very good I'm not I, so. I'm not. I'm not gonna call it until the until, as they say, the fat lady sings. Because yeah, I've seen stranger things happen in title races. I've seen yeah, seen madness obviously. <laughs> I've seen so many yeah. madnesses happen in title races. So we'll, we'll but, wait. <laughs> I'll wait to call it. But I am pretty confident now. This was a game for me for my confidence. So I always said we need to beat Arsenal, no matter what. Like even I, I wouldn't have been happy with a draw. Like we had to win this game, in my opinion, just so we do have that question. You know, with all those, all the fixture congestion that we do have, if we had, if we had no um, Champions League games left, I'd say a draw would have been fine because um, you know, we're gonna play our best eleven no matter what every game. Um But now with with the Champions League, with the FA Cup final, we're gonna have to rotate, and, and that could cost us points. I hope it doesn't, but you know, it, 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 it most likely will.
0: That's fine. I think we. We have the quality and we have the squad where I, I feel very good. I feel honestly, oh, yeah, I look- feel I feel pretty good about a treble, which is shocking <laughs> to me. But like that's essentially like we have we have a final <laughs> against United. It the league looks like you said, ninety-one percent. That's about right. Like that's about where it is. And not even looking at that, but when you look at the two teams' forms, I mean like
1: Arsenal is in shambles. I'm and looking City forward to the Miguel. Like Den- flying. I'm looking forward to the Miguel Delaney article um, when City do the trouble. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: and then <laughs> yeah, and then the Champions League. Like we need to get back, you know, past this golden goose of Real Madrid. But I think Real Madrid's gonna would be a tougher test than the final. Like I honestly don't think either of those Italian teams are very good. Uh, personally, oh, one off games always. You just don't know. Yeah,
1: I I agree, but also, like... A lot of people say the same thing as Chelsea. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. No,
0: that Chelsea team, I thought, was still better than these teams. Like, both of these teams are fighting for top four in Italy right now. Like, they're... At least Chelsea was, like, in a solid third place here. Like, we played them. They had good players. All of that. I honestly don't think either of these... Like, these... These two Italian teams have massive holes in them. And, yeah, they have some, like, really good players, but they have, like, one of AC Milan's biggest stars is Brahim Diaz. Could not get near our team. Near our team. Olivier Giroud (laughs) is starting for them. You know what I mean? Like, and Lukaku is on the other end. Like, these, these are guys who were... Like they, they wouldn't get near a Premier League top four. Side <laughs> Let, right
1: let's let's get past Madrid first, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but I'm don't just saying, j- like, jump the gun, Sam. Don't jump the gun. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we like, my point of all of that was, I think Madrid is is the is the team we really have to get past. I don't think the final will be incredibly difficult against either of those if we get past Madrid. And if Madrid do beat us, I expect Madrid to win the final.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But look, if Madrid get past it, they definitely win the final. <laughs> it's, yeah. Just, it's their competition, let's be honest. <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, I think that's all That's all we got to say for today. That Man, what a game. What a game. Uh, uh, well, man, how about last we're, we're thing? We're
1: buzzing. We're buzzing. That's all I can
0: say. Last thing. Last thing. I instead of asking you a man of the match I'm going to ask for a man of the match from defense a man of the match from midfield and a man of the match from attack because I feel like it's just too hard to choose one.
1: Uh Akanji, Kevin De Bruyne and Haaland.
0: Yeah, I think I mean that that's the pretty <laughs> logical.
1: I have Akanji, to agree with a- that. Canji played left back man any any he literally, you know... He didn't he put a po- foot wrong. He, he pocketed Saka, man. So I, I didn't hear his name all game.
0: No, didn't put a foot wrong. Played really well out from the back, too. Like, there were a couple line-breaking passes he made where he looked like he was kind of in trouble and then just, like, splits three defenders and,
1: like, Gundawan or De Bruyne or somebody's off to the races in well,
0: acres of space. Yeah, some,
1: something important to note is similar to the buying games is we're putting in team performances that are nines out of 10, right? So when your team as a whole is putting performance, and you, you called in, in, in earlier where you said, you know, Bernardo and Grealish will track him back and helping on the wings and then running forward and doing the same thing. That work rate, that performance, that defensive intensity, it's, it becomes an entire team performance. So maybe maybe we should just give it to Pep. So he's your man of the match, you know, tactical tactical outclass um the master still the master um you know student student hasn't taken over that's for sure yet um, yeah i think, I, he, think I, I think he outwitted arteta by far i
0: i think that's kind of the well i think it's a couple things is one like they looked to step off of it but also like city didn't play the normal three two with stone stepping nah. in the midfield like it was a it was more like, like a, f- a two-three or a flat back four. Like, not really a flat back four. It, like the the fullbacks were up, kind of level with Rodri. So more of a two-three, yeah. and it looked it just looked very different. Like
1: good to like one, also dropped.
0: Kind like four, it was yeah. It's like in, a 2 well, well, we always press in a four-four-two. The pressing was yeah. actually really weird because Rodri was pressing super high, like an attacking midfielder. That looked kind of weird. Uh, and I'm going to have to go back to watch all of this again. We'll probably do a thread on it. Um, but also, like in build up, it was more of like a 2 4 4. And like Gundawan would drop next to Rodri. And then there were like the fullbacks on the outside who were a little higher than the center backs. And it wasn't like the 3 2 we've seen. So that's also credit to Pap. Like, I would have expected. The 3-2, Stone stepping into midfield, kind of the same thing. And we it was something completely different. And it worked,
1: clearly. Yeah, man. What a performance. That's a day. Let's end it on that, man. That's like, I'm still buzzing. It's going to be a, you know, interesting last month of the season, I'd say. <laughs> Put it that way.
0: Bring it on. Bring it on. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.